If you've ever wanted to do some fly fishing in the fishing mecca of Montana, this conversation is for you. Hi, I'm Art Young, and this is the Outpost Radio On Demand, and we're talking with Molly Simonick in just a few minutes. If you love hunting, fishing, and the outdoors, check your new guide to life in the great outdoors, theoutpostlife.com. We're your guide to the outdoor life. The Outpost magazine has great stories on hunting, fishing, grilling, music, and more. The Outpost radio keeps you in the great outdoors 24-7 with a mix of country, southern rock, and songs you won't hear anywhere else. We'll keep you updated on the latest outdoor news and views. Check it out. The Outpost. Life in the great outdoors. Molly Simonick was a guide in Livingston, Montana from 2001 to 2014, and she currently lives in Birch Bay, uh, Washington, where she continues to own and operate Tie the Knot Fly Fishing. She returns to Montana regularly with her women's fishing destination trips, and she has also written a bucket list of sorts entitled 25 Best Off-the-Beaten-Path Montana Fly Fishing Streams. All that in one title. It's produced by Stonefly Press, and uh, we want to welcome Molly. Molly, nice to have you. Thanks, Art. What made you decide to get in your 18-foot RV with your fishing gear and your cameras and your iPhone and embark on this Montana road trip? Well, it, it really is because when I think back on my many years of fly fishing, my fondest memories are those when I went on an adventure. Wasn't exactly sure where I was going to end up or how the day would go, but all in all, over time, it always ended up being a great experience, not only for the fishing, but the discovery and the country and the people you meet and the people you travel with. So that's a much bigger thing than hiring a guide and going fishing down a river for one day. That's why. I wanted to give the people an opportunity to get out and explore the incredible countryside of Montana. There are so many streams to fish in Montana. What criteria did you use to choose these 25? Well, that's a great question because there are hundreds of streams. I chose a stream that would be fun to get to, that would be safely wadeable and had, and had good access, that didn't have... Um, too many boats, and in fact, most of them are not floatable in, a, in any type of a watercraft. And at least in each of the five regions, I had one stream that's good for kids, where a child can catch a fish in under a minute. That's great. That's great. Well, now, what makes a small stream good to fly fish? Small streams, one, it's easy to access, easy, pretty easy to get your fly where you want it. And they provide, the reason why I like small streams is they really are, are an intimate type of environment where you can sit on a rock, look to see where you think there's a fish, try it out, give it a couple, couple shots. Things don't work out. You can sit down or you can move five feet and pick another spot, a little pocket behind a log. It's a, it's a time to reflect, redos, lots of redos because you're walking. And the water isn't careening by it at a high velocity. So it's more of an intimate time and a reflective time on small streams. How does a Montana terrain and, you know, the different climates, the extreme climates in, in that part of the world, how does this affect the type and size of fish in various streams around the state? It's a great question, Art. When you get up higher into the tributaries, higher elevation, 
you're going to have more extreme conditions for the for the foods for foods and the fish have a shorter growing time so they will be smaller and oftentimes they're really primarily eating terrestrials so the higher you go usually up in the forest service lands your fish will be smaller when you get lower into the meadows where the growing season is longer there's more food opportunities the fish will be larger and more often, more brown trout, rainbow trout versus your your cutthroats, your little mountain stream, upper elevation cutthroats. So that it's very different. So do you have a preference? Do you have a preference of type of fish to to go after? All of the above. <laughs> That's spoken <laughs> spoken like a true fisherwoman angler. Well, and and also when it starts to get hot in August, you need to go up because it's. It's darn hot, and, and that really is the only time that you can access some of those higher elevation streams is later in the summer, and that's typically when the meadows aren't fishing as well except for terrestrials. So it's, it just makes sense. Well, I am Art Young on the Outpost Radio On Demand, and we're talking with Molly Seminick, who's got a great new book, and I, I enjoyed it so much. It's, it's 25 Best Off-the-Beaten-Path off uh, Montana fly fishing streams, and I'll get that title right one of these days. <laughs> well, good luck, because I still don't get it right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, it's a long one, but it, it, it's absolutely uh, indicative of the book. The photography in your book, I think, is wonderful. And, and Thank did you. you. Did you take all these images? Well, that's a funny question. When I agreed uh, to write the book, I then realized the next day that I had to take the photographs. <laughs> so I, I I hired a gal to give me a crash course photography lesson on the water. I talked to a couple friends of mine that are good photographers, Tom Rosenbauer with, with Orvis. Love him. And then I had a great friend, Peter Lamai, um, act as my photographer along many of my trips. So between Peter and myself, we, we got the job done. And Peter did all the color editing on those photographs because it's it's a he has the machine and he has the eye he understands paper and how it would look in 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 the book so it was a team effort between myself and peter and i tell you what it really turned me on to photography i have really it's a, it's another sport like i needed another one but mm-hmm. now photography i've really got the bug for yeah, and and you need more uh, equipment. We all need more equipment. What type of what type of camera did you use on this when you were shooting? A Nikon D seven thousand with two different lenses, and as you said, now I'm shopping for another lens. Of course, of course, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Plus that's the whole, another rod, like, another lens. Yeah, you <laughs> another need a, you golf need... club. Absolutely, that's 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 absolutely true. I want to play a little game with you, Molly. Uh, I I really enjoyed all the little niche things that that you pointed out in each one of these streams and these twenty five streams. And it occurred to me that you know you you know so much about this area that it might be fun to just kind of get your first thing that pops in your head when I mention one of these areas. And it doesn't have to be scientific. It doesn't have to be. You know, I expect it just to be, you know, stream of consciousness, no pun intended. But it's something that pops in your head when I, when I mention one of these areas. So let's start with the Billings region. What, what is the, what's interesting that pops in your mind immediately about that region? The beauty. When you get up into the Red Lodge area, which is in that section, it is, it is phenomenal. 
That's great. I have actually fished in that area, and I think you're exactly right. Now, all right, let's, let's do another one. How about the Bozeman region? What pops in your mind immediately when someone says Bozeman, Montana area? I love downtown Bozeman. So you can fish and enjoy a great night out in Bozeman. Great. What, uh, what comes to mind about the Whitefish region? Really fun downtown and surrounded by glacier, natural hmm. park. Beauty. Mm. Oh yeah, that's that's fabulous. That's so you get to do a couple of little. You can fish and uh, bring the family along on that one and have fun. Yes, absolutely. Now, what about the, what about the Helena region? What what comes to mind when you're thinking about that? More remote, more ag agricultural, great driving, more more expanse. Okay. Finally, what pops in your head when you hear Missoula? Oh my gosh, the Bitterroot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Bitterroot yeah. and the Blackfoot. The Blackfoot, which is not in the river in the book, is my favorite river in Montana. But the Bitterroot and all its tributaries, phenomenal. Well, let's talk a little bit about your women's fishing destination program. How does that work, and how did that? How did you come up with that idea? Women, women often need to be able to find other women to fish with for safety reasons and camaraderie. And support. So I, I, I started my women's adventures 15 years ago. Actually, this will be my 16th year. Wow. Um, and I combine, and I, I believe this is quite unique, I combine teaching with fishing. So let's take North Fork, for example, on the Blackfoot River through Pro Outfitters. I'll have 14 women. I'll teach for an hour in the morning with the guide support. Many of the guides have been with me for all 16 years. And then we go off in the boats, float the Blackfoot, often during the salmon fly hatch. And they support that morning lesson during the day. So after four days, not only do you build incredible friendships, but your skill set really jumps. And I've had, I would say, 60% of my women every year are repeat, many of which have been every single year. Wow. Some started. 15 years ago, it never held a fly rod. Now they're saltwater fishing. It's great. Okay. And so I've added, yes. I've added redfish to my um, offerings in South Carolina in the Beaufort area. And that's more of an advanced skill set. You need to be able to double haul and cast 50 feet in the wind. But it's special. So a lot of, a lot of my women that have been with me long enough and their skill sets up there have, are doing that one as well. Wow. That sounds like so much fun. And Now, how does it someone is. get in? How does someone get in touch, a uh, woman's listening to this podcast, how does she get in touch with you to see if you've got room for her on one of your excursions? TieTheKnotFlyFishing.com. All right, Molly that's pretty Semenik at TieTheKnotFlyFishing.com, and I'll give give her a call. That sounds great. I, one of the things that we always talk about on these on these interviews and, and when we do special issues on women and the woods and water is what needs to happen? The, the 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 women's demographic for hunting and fishing is the fastest growing group uh, in the industry. But what needs to happen to get more young girls and young women involved in fly fishing? Well, actually, our, it's happening as we speak. And social media is the number one, it is the greatest impact that young women, women even with kids, has had on getting them out. Because They'll, they'll create a private site. Let's say they're the Utah Women Fly Fishers or the Spokane Women Fly Fishers. And they, they create a private site 
where they post outings. And if a couple of gals are going to go fish the Spokane, then they post it, and they and then you just you can accept and say I'm going, and then you have a group. So you know it's safe. You've got support. You're going to go with a group of women. You're going to teach each other. Oftentimes they'll bring in experts like myself that will teach for a day. And so they have access to actually go and not go to a, sorry, but a stuffy meeting every third Thursday of the month. Mm-hmm. These are actual outings with other women, and I think it's huge. I really do. I think it's just fantastic how many women have have matched themselves with each other, and, and they're going out. They're fishing. Good news. That's good news for everybody, I think. Good it news for good the news. For the for the industry, for the conservation efforts that these monies go to pay for, and uh, this is and a fabulous for the families. For because oh, yeah. I've had several young women that have 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 come to me because they want to introduce their kids and their husbands to the sport. They want it to be a family activity, and that's just that's just such great news. It is great news. Yeah, it's great. Molly, you've got a great book, too. We've been talking with Molly Semenek about the 25 best off-the-beaten-path Montana fly fishing streams. I got it right that time. You got it. (laughs) It's available from Stonefly Press or uh, your local bookstore or Amazon.com. Any of those places will have this fabulous book. Thank you for joining us, Molly. Thank you, Art. That was fun, and um, hope we meet again sometime. We shall, we shall. In the meantime, this is Art Young, and we'll talk again soon. The Outpost Radio On Demand, from the On Demand page of theoutpostlife.com.